Welcome, my sexy co-hosts, to the newest episode of the Sipping for Senpai podcast. I am the anime titties expert himself, Mr. Ash Basham. And as you can see right now, I clearly don't have anybody with me today because I am going to be solo casting this one. And this is probably going to be the first and maybe the last solo cast I will be doing because I have some deeply saddening news because, one, my co-host, Mr. Daddy Coon himself, He's going to take himself a kind of a brief hiatus. He says he's going to be taking some time, but I don't know how long. He roughly said two episodes, but I feel that it might be longer than two episodes. But I haven't really, he hasn't really given me much of the details on it because he just essentially wants to get reoriented with his work and all that stuff. So, and he's also building a PC currently at the moment. So hopefully when this PC is done being built, he might come back because... This is going to be one of those times where it's like we're pretty much about to hit 20 episodes pretty soon. And uh, we had a very specific thing planned for the 20th episode. But if he's not back by then, this might be a little problematic. But I will be I will have somebody else with me for the time being. And then I will be getting guests as well. So to kind of fill in those spots specifically until I get to the 20th episode. And then we'll from there on out, then hopefully everything will be more stable. But like I said, if you guys are huge fans of Daddy Coon and you guys are in my Discord, just make sure to tell him, like, hey, man, like, I can't believe you're gone, dude. Like, come back ASAP, dude. We're going to need you back. Just make sure to keep tagging him on shit like that. Anyways, so you all know the usual spiels, everything else. We're on anchor.fm. All of our stuff is there. We're located in many places where you always get your podcasts and stuff like that. And also, I been recently just doing way more exploration than i'm supposed to be too but i've been like talking to a lot of people so far i'm in like a bunch of random discords too and uh hopefully i'll build a repertoire with more people so i can start getting more guests involved and stuff like that and i don't want to give a list of some of the stuff that i've been t- the people i've been talking to because i want to keep those a surprise once the the later se- episodes start coming out and stuff like that and once i start recording all those but you'll see some of the fun stuff i'm trying to push forward because some of these are going to be some very interesting things and i do have one buddy i'm in talks to right now as well specifically that he's already on his own specific podcast that doesn't deal with anime but i know he's a giant anime nerd and we talk anime all the time so hopefully soon i will have that guy on but anyways let's just go let's just go over to my agenda for today so those of you that haven't been on social media that often or haven't heard the most recent news that's happened but Voice actor Mr. Chris Aries has passed away. He passed away not that long ago, and what sucks is that he passed out earlier this week. So it was around Tuesday when he passed away. The unfortunate thing is the fact that this dude, for him having COPD, which is the chronic uh, obstructive pulmonary disease, this dude was still voice acting. And it's insane to think about that this guy, who's the most notable, like, Especially for dubbing, the most notable voice he's done is Frieza from Dragon Ball Z. This guy still, with his sickness, still went out and still gave you the best performance that he gives of Frieza. And it's insane the amount of like dedication this guy had to his craft. It's unfortunate that he passed away because if they do come out with more episodes of Super, which I know they're supposed to be doing a bit more stuff as well. Frieza's still heavily involved in all that stuff. So I don't know how they're going to come up with stuff for this. And because for the dubbing world, it's going to be a bit different. Because I know in Japan, once like prolific voice actors die in their country, they usually have the tendency to not continue a lot of the works and some of the st- or replace them as well. So even if somehow they push forward, they have the Frieza stuff. I don't know how they're going to do it here in America when it comes to the dubbing. 
This guy is like honestly, this guy has done so many things in the voice acting community. He's also been a very good advocate for for charities as well, man. It's insane that this guy like for him being so young, he's 56 too if you think about it. He's still pretty young when it comes to acting. But the fact is he's still a big name that's been gone, man. And it just it just saddens everyone's hearts that the fact that this guy who pretty much essentially was around everyone's childhood, especially my childhood. He's just gone forever, man. It's 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 just insane, man. I never really thought like somebody like this high caliber person would be gone yet this soon, especially into the I'd say more into like the more veteran days of the Dragon Ball era. But it's unfortunate, man. So hopefully my wishes go out to him and his family and the fact that like everyone everyone that I've been seeing posting stuff about him, I'm glad that everyone's been posting stuff about him because this guy should not be missed by anybody. Definitely, definitely keep that in mind. And then also, if you if we see like a GoFundMe, I will try to find if they do do a GoFundMe for him for his funeral services. I will be putting those links if I find them down below. And then also make sure to contribute to it, man, because like every single thing that this guy's done has been part of our childhood, and he should not be forgotten, honestly. And it sucks speak the fact that I have to bring up one voice actor dying because another one also has passed away this current week. And it is Mr. Jack Angel. So those of you that don't know Mr. Jack Angel, he voiced a very prominent role during the times of the Transformers era. He was Ultra Magnus, if you guys don't remember Ultra Magnus. Uh, honestly, I remember him more from his other voice acting debuts that I remember him seeing. Like, for instance, he was Porco Rosso. In, and he was also... Um, he also he voices roles in Porco Rosso and also Spirited Away, which he has a very distinct voice, and you'll you'll know who he is once you put it up. But he's also done a lot of Disney movies when it comes to like The Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin. He's done Finding Nemo, Lilo and Stitch. He was in also in Toy Story Three, The Iron Giant, Monsters Inc. He has a very distinct voice, and there is no way you'd not know who he is. But the fact is, this guy also passed away as well. This guy's way much older, though, 90 years old. And this guy's been around for a long time, and I literally mean a long time. But this man here, dude, oh, man. He had a voice that you know exactly who he is as soon as you hear him whenever he speaks in any type of TV show that you've seen or heard him from. Like, honestly... Those of you that don't know who he is, man, look up some of his work. He's also done, like, a lot of video game stuff as well. Just look him up. You'll know exactly who he is. And then, I don't know, you're going to be like, oh, no, man, no way. I remember that. I remember this guy. Like, this voice actor is amazing. Like, yeah, he was. But the fact that, like, Jack Angel has now passed away, it's another blow to the, the world of voice acting, which is unfortunate. Mm. Well, and then I'm also going to bring up two more things because, you know, I have to kind of push this agenda a bit more on this. Um, so those of you that are looking forward to uh, World's End Harem, unfortunately, there has been a delay on that thing. So they're only they only show the first episode of World's End Harem, and I believe they are uh, delaying it until January. So unfortunately, we're gonna have to wait until winter to see if uh, <laughs> a little bit more of the World's End Harem because one. This was actually a pretty highly anticipated show for it being a very, very etchy show and very etchy manga specifically too. I've read some of it and yeah, it's a lot to take in from that specific show and the fact that they're going to adapt a lot of these things. But I highly, highly recommend people reading it first now because now that you're going to have a bit more time. But 
All I know is this is gonna be the this is a trashy, trashy, trashy show. And the fact that like they're actually putting this out. That they're actually putting this out finally after so much time of it being around. I feel that it's gonna be on now. It's probably gonna be like one of the most watched ones in winter besides Attack on Titan. Because honestly, like this there's no way you wanna watch something like that <laughs> and not wanna kinda of press it forward a bit more. And that's that's the shitty part about it because everyone has been looking forward to it. I kind of been looking forward to it as well because I did read a little bit of it. And just the concept of it is ridiculous. Like, honestly, it's ridiculous. But it is what it is. And hopefully by winter time, you'll be able to actually, you know, catch it. Watch what you want from it and see how it is. And then lastly, I want to bring up one more thing. Those of you that don't, those of you that have been, you know, listening to a bunch of anime OPs all the time, any anime EDs, should already know the artist known as Lisa. And Lisa, she became the very first Japanese female solo artist to stream songs over 300 million times. My God. Yo, like, I've seen so many, like, artists have been streamed millions of times. But the fact that Lisa is one of the very first Japanese female solo artists to be straight up streamed 300 times, 300 million times, it's ridiculous, man. Like, honestly, and the, the fact is that most of it, most of it came from this current generation, essentially from the Demon Slayer era, because the Mugen Train song that she did, that thing's already been streamed over 300 million times. And then because of that, that pushed her over that threshold. And not only that, it's the fact that like she's already one of the greatest artists ever, ever lived in Japan. And the fact that like we're seeing all this right now, it's showing you more and more now that how much more mainstream a lot of the music and also a lot of the anime that's coming out in this current generation is dude like honestly like look at all the stuff that we've been seeing so far it's everywhere i mean even in the um in the disney plus show uh the mighty ducks one of the kids is wearing a literally a freaking shoto freaking shirt in it and so it's showing you that there is that it's expanding on all in all specific platforms as well i mean to be fair though it's not it's not uncommon for people to be talking about anime nowadays and I mean, shit, there's so many like anime podcasts out there. There's so many references to animes that people make in shows. And a lot of the movies nowadays that we have are all have some sort of connection to anime. And it's kind of crazy because like not a lot of us will notice these things. But most of the people that have watched anime read a lot of stuff. They will notice it almost <laughs> right away. And it is crazy the fact that like how more and more absurd it's getting into its popularity here in the West specifically as well. But anyways, that's pretty much most of the stuff I want to talk about. But I do want to bring up one other specific thing as well. Because I've actually talked about this in one... I believe it was episode 10 when I had the Shonen Flop podcast on the show. And I remember David specifically asking, Do you think that there was going to be an original anime being shown on Disney Plus? And I told him straight up, yes, there will be one. Because the sequel to the Tatami Galaxy is actually going to be exclusively on Disney+. And the fact that I called that from a freaking... I think I, I think that one was done like way back in either April, I believe it was, or May when that episode was released. No, 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 my bad. That was early August. My bad. Early August. And the fact that I called it months ahead before that even happened is 
insane that I, I got that. Because now we're going to, maybe we're going to start seeing a more of an influx of anime actually coming to Disney+. Plus. And I kind of do want to see more influx on the thing because then now that would actually push me now to kind of want to get a Disney Plus subscription because there's already been Visions. There's already been all the other stuff that some of the other anime studios have collaborated with Disney to make some Star Wars originals, which is pretty insane. But now we're getting the actual sequel to the Tatami Galaxy. The Tatami Galaxy is by far a really good anime for it being a very, very like niche anime as well. But it's so good. It's it's very pop. It's actually a very popular series. You should all check it out. I believe the sequel is called The Blue Machine, I think it was. I'm not 100% sure. But come come take a look at that. Come take a look at it when it comes out on actual Disney+. Plus. And that's going to be your very first... That's going to be your very first official anime coming out to Disney+. Plus. So this episode today is going to be something that I actually wanted to do with my co-host. But since, like I said, he took his hiatus uh, a bit early... I'm going to have to solo this one myself because this is a specific anime that I actually wanted to do a review on. Kind of since I since me and him started this podcast, it's just I haven't really had timing in the schedule because we've been we pressed forward a lot of specific things that we always wanted to talk about. And we kind of got a lot of it out, which is insane. The fact the amount of stuff that we're able to like push out and talk about that we got it out the way how we wanted to kind of worked out a bit better than it was. There are some stuff that's very unreleased, and the unfortunate thing is that I don't really have full amount of the vo- of the uh, audio files that I have for this thing because I have a bunch of incomplete like episodes, and I kind of eventually want to put those out, but I'll maybe save those later on once we get a bit more notoriety, and I'll probably save it for maybe like Patreon stuff, most likely, if I decide to make a Patreon, because as of right now, I don't feel that we're that popular enough to do patreon stuff because most people just be like oh screw it we want to make a we're gonna make a um a patreon cool and they're like have like 100 followers mainly and it's like not even it's like what the hell like come on and then they have like two or three patrons the entire time which is fine like it's the fact that like i don't see anything wrong with that it's just the fact that i don't see the point of it until after like people are demanding you to want, want to do something like that but which is fine i mean Give and take, that's usually how it goes with certain people that want to try to make some cash on the side, you know, for or kind of show that they also enjoy this medium with within everyone else. But take it or leave it, though. Like, I do have some stuff that I maybe want to put out soon, but we'll see how that goes. All right. So today on the agenda for today, I'm going to be doing a review on a very fun anime. It's probably so this anime specifically sparked my essentially changing of my favorite waifus because like i said originally it was gonna be i've talked about in the waifus episode which i think was episode three i believe it was it's either three or four and i said that i love and you you can know yukinishita was supposed to be my favorite waifu because i love that character so much but it ended up being my sakurajima and today i'm gonna be talking about rascal doesn't does not dream of bunny girl senpai I'm reviewing this specific show. And then this show came out, I believe it was in the tail end of like 2018, I think it was, I want to say. Yeah, the tail end of 2018. So you're looking at the fall of 2018. And it stars, and it actually uh, is set during high school times, you know, ooh, high school. Most of these freaking animes usually deal with that. And the main character, Sakuta, has uh, been dealing with a specific phenomenon known as adolescence syndrome. So 
most people go through different stages of adolescent syndromes in their entire in their entirety because this is the show kind of points out of it being like almost like a supernatural like phenomenon but it's also kind of appeared as it being a normal coincidence the show starts out with sakuta in a library you know, essentially reading his books normally, what he normally does, because he's kind of a loner, if you think about it in, in the show. And uh, I will come up, I will come up with more stuff about him later once I finish this section right here. But he started to notice somebody in a bunny girl's in a bunny girl suit, and this was our titular character, Mai Sakurajima. So she is actually suffering from a, a certain type of adolescent syndrome that's going on with her at that moment. And the thing is, like, Sakuta notices her. And the, f the funny part is she comes up to Sakuta going, like, you can see me, correct? And he goes, yeah, I can. I can see you just fine in your bunny suit. And then <laughs> she... <laughs> and then Mai pretty much goes, oh, wow, you're still you're the only person to still kind of notice me the entire time. He goes, well, it's kind of hard not to notice somebody like you. And it's it. It's like it's kind of funny. And then she kind of pesters him a bit. And. It, it kind of caused like a little bit of mischief and mayhem. So her specific type of adolescent syndrome is the fact that like she was a child actress when she was younger and then she was in the spotlight very young age. She kept doing a bunch of stuff working uh, through the acting world and stuff like that. And her mother was her agent. So I think later on in her career, I think it's like around the time when she started going into high school, she kind of just like quit out of nowhere. She said she wanted she was taking a hiatus. Her mom did not like that at all. Which is unfortunate because, like, her mom was her agent and it kind of pushed her to do all that stuff. But she also was kind of more of an agent than a mother figure to her. So because of her kind of falling off of it, a lot of people started forgetting who she is. And her adolescent syndrome is essentially if once once people start, start forgetting who she is, she slowly disappears out of the face of the earth. And this is and this is in the literal sense that she is losing that she's actually falling off the face of the earth. And you're probably thinking, it's like, that's kind of weird and stuff like that. Well... That's the part of this, this, the part of this specific first, I believe it's the first four episodes, because it's essentially like Sakuta just is trying to get people to know who she is, because the less and less people that know her, she slowly is fading out of existence. And I feel that this first three to four episodes were phenomenal with the way they executed a lot of this stuff, which is pretty cool, because he goes to talk to his, his friend Futaba, Futaba kind of like explains everything as if it was Schrodinger's cat. It's almost in the same sense as that, but the way how she explains it and the way how the concept of Schrodinger's cat in this existence, it's not really the same thing of what is going on, which take it, take it or leave it. The fact that like a lot of people that are more keen and on uh, have a keen eye on these things, it's really isn't a great representation of it. Now, let's get to Sakuta for a second. So he actually has his own adolescent syndrome that he actually goes through as well. He has this giant scar on his chest. And a lot of people have been speculating why he has a giant scar on his chest. So a lot of people say he's like a delinquent and some other stuff. But Saguta actually has a very strange adolescent syndrome because like his just appeared out of freaking nowhere. And these cuts on his chest out of nowhere just like I don't we we kind of don't figure out why other stuff happens. But the more and more that he gets prompted into the more and more that he gets prompted into like these bad situations like the scars kind of like manifest a bit more but the main reason why this kind of shows up is the fact that he put three people in the hospital so essentially it's like i feel what most people tend to believe that he is 
his adolescent syndrome was essentially the him pretty much being like a delinquent essentially so when people kind of like talk bad about him his kind of manifests a bit more so like it's like the rumor aspects of it so and we know how like how rumors when rumors spread that it, it he becomes like a pariah in the entire entire thing so that's why it feels like his is more based of like him being a pariah so further along in the story that we go through he kind of wants everyone to kind of remember my and the the one main reason how like that first uh like arc concludes is him confessing his love for my and the funny part is as soon as he confesses his love for my he even said it, he even said it too at the very end is like because he also started to slowly forget who she is as well to the point where she actually does disappear and he kind of like lives a normal life he's like no yeah it's cool it's like uh well then i remember something about somebody so the moment he remembers he starts crying and he runs out and just confesses his love to my and out of nowhere like you see her there it's like damn you don't have to say it so loud and she runs up to him and you thinking like oh they're gonna hug and embrace no slaps the shit out of him <laughs> and that's probably one of my most favorite scenes in the entire series but there's a bunch of other things that happens in that stuff because that's only the first four episodes and then everyone starts remembering who she is and then she decides to go back to acting which promptly I feel that for her going back to acting was not a great idea, but she still did it anyways because she does she didn't want to be forgotten. And probably the best way to not be forgotten is to actually, you know, go back to the profession that tells you about ev- that that pretty much puts you in the limelight of everybody. But I mean, that's pretty much essentially what the first arc intakes, which is not not too bad. Like I really that first arc was really really good. Um the next arc though focuses on the there's a high school girl that Ah, let's let me try to think about this they meet each other and she pretty much kind of wants sakuta to be her boyfriend and this is uh tome and tome tome is she's like a very uh titular character that she kind of is like i don't know like she she likes sakuta and the fact that like when they first meet i he kind of like throws her away and so the fact is like she has specific feelings and then her weird adolescent syndrome was essentially there's like a kind of like a groundhog effect so it there's a specific thing that the there's specific scenes that you see that it replays the same day over and over again and it doesn't kind of conclude or no my bad it's summertime all of summer just keeps coming back and back and and it doesn't it never concludes so it goes right back to the beginning so we had so Sakata had to kind of give in to what her demands are to kind of push forward and it's and it's strange because the this series this specific arc in the series is i feel that it's kind of the the less it, it's less noticeable or less memorable because of all the stuff that happens there because eventually that he does see her as somebody but he does not like her and because at the very end of this one he pretty much tells her off and so she starts crying and she's like she never really thought that she could ever like trust anybody but even then like they agree to become friends so which is not too bad and then it and then that kind of ends abruptly like that but that's the crazy part about these things man it's like she really felt something for him he didn't felt anything for her at all but that's kind of like how it spreads out a bit more so it, it's kind of crazy because like each one of these arcs were how can i put it this way they are they're not chapters they're actual books of the light novel so the first book dealt with my the second one did with tome and then on the third one which is the third arc that comes out of that one deals with futaba and hers kind of her adolescent syndrome is more of a 
it's more of like she is has a split personality essentially. So there's the one there's the one Futaba that we know of that's like she's like the nerd, like the scientist looking girl. And then the one that we're seeing throughout the entire series, or the one that we're seeing throughout this entire arc, it's the other side of her where like she wants to be beautiful, pretty. And so like this is what and it's kind of like a decision of like which one is the real her. And most people kind of go through that identity crisis all the time. And this is what I feel like this specific one here. I think this one was the more, I want to say the more real actual view of like how most teenagers kind of see themselves a bit. Because there is that one side of you that's like what you kind of want to be. And this is the one that people kind of see you or kind of want to see you as. Because she started posting pictures of herself on social media and stuff like that. So, and then eventually Sakuta finds out, it's like, yeah, you're, this is not really you, but I kind of like this you because he's kind of portraying the fact that this is how society kind of wants to see you as. And then once she finds, once he actually finds the real Futaba that he knows and, or grew up with, the one with the glasses and looking the scientist, she kind of tells him, can you investigate, help me out with this thing? So eventually the, the two, actually end up like you know talking to each other and they kind of accept the fact of who they are which is interesting because a lot of people still put on this demeanor this mask on themselves it's almost the same way how this is but she kind of accepted like there is these two sides of me that can exist can coexist but like i feel that i know for a fact it'll take me some time to get used to it and that's kind of like how that ends which is pretty interesting because that specific portion of the actual series was it's pretty uplifting more than I think most of the other arcs. Because I feel like the, the the Futaba arc was the better arc out of all of them. Even though the my arc is probably by far the, my favorite one out of all of them. But Futaba's arc is pretty, it, it's pretty wild because that's essentially how a lot of us can actually see ourselves in that specific light. And then the the last arc that we have on here, which focuses on Mai's like half sister who's in an idol group, so she kind of has an inferiority complex, which is pretty. Ins- which I wouldn't be surprised of most people actually having those things because, I mean, if you think about it, she she looks up to her half sister because her half sister is way more famous than she is. So I mean, the inferiority complex already begins there. If you think about it, she's already being kind of, she already sees herself in a smaller light than her, than her older sister has. The moment that they switch bodies, it's probably the funniest part that it actually happens because Sakuta does say a bunch of things that say a bunch of things around her. And then the fact that like, she has to be in Mai's body this entire time while Mai has to kind of pretend to be her sister as well, even though she has no idea what she does, but they both take the time to kind of like see through essentially what makes them them which is pretty crazy because like the fact that she has to kind of learn new things and then her sister has to learn new things as well so my learns the stuff about the idol world and then um what's her name uh noraka noraka was her name noraka had to learn stuff about my because she actually has to go to some of her actual like um roles that she has that she has um like commercials and actual TV shows that she's actually a part of. She has to learn how to be an actress for those things too, which is insane. So she kind of started noticing like between her, between their two selves that, you know, even though both of these guys, like kind of both of the girls have a specific life that they lifestyle that they have that idols and kind of acting, it still takes a lot of work and dedication. So they both kind of form a better respect for each other. Then the funny part is the only reason why this specific art kind of actually 
how can I put it this way, gets resolved, is because there's a bunch of trinkets that were left behind that um, Nodoka actually like n kept because she really loves Mai a lot as her sibling. But the fact is she never was able to express it. And the moment Mai found all that stuff, she's like, I should not have like abandoned you. Because that's the main reason that's the whole main reason why too that that Noroka kinda resented Mai for a while because she kinda really did abandon her because she like pursued acting career, got famous and all that stuff, and kinda left her in the dust. So she had to like kind of push herself else to become famous as well so she can be on the same level as her. It's kinda sad in that point, but I feel that that specific part in the series, once they got that resolution, it kind of helped out. And then they both end up switching back at the very end, which is pretty cool. <laughs> and Noroka really does hate Sakuta because she's like, she's already noticing all the stuff that he normally says around her. <laughs> it's just so dumb. But it's it's adorable at the same point because it's like she kind of learned to like him as well, which is which is fine. I mean, Sakuta really isn't a likable character at all. But he's just the problem solver and he's there for that specific type of reason. And then and then kind of towards the last like few couple episodes at the very end, we start getting to Sakuta's sister, which is a Kaide. And Kaide, uh, she has a strange like mysterious adolescent syndrome where she mysteriously was suffering from like online bullying, death threats, phone calls. And she kind of got like a phobia of strangers to the point where she ended up becoming somebody that's not the sister. And when that first time you see like that played through, it was kind of insane because out of nowhere, this is she is pretty much suffering from this is a dissociative like disorder where like she doesn't even know who she is. And then also at the same time, uh, she just pretends to she essentially doesn't like society in general. So she's very afraid to leave their apartment as well. But just like her slowly doing doing everything, like Sakuta kind of pushing her to kind of go outside. Just like the moment like she actually first stepped foot outside of the doorway, just one foot outside the doorway, she like burst into tears. And it's like it's kind of like a small little like accomplishment. But then out of nowhere, she kind of regains her memories back and it leaves Sakuta like devastated because for like the past two years, he got so used to having the Kaide that wasn't his sister essentially and like enjoying like the, the space that they come around was gone and that's what he got used to more but his actual real sister there being like the confident person that she is it this one kind of tore apart the way how i viewed the show more because i really liked this series these last couple episodes kind of pushed me to kind of hating sakuta because of that because Think about it this way, like it's regardless of who it is, it's his sister. But like the fact that he missed the the fun, lovable version of herself instead of like his real sister, it I don't know it 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 left a kind of a sour taste in my mouth. But regardless, it was still not a bad watch because you get to see essentially you saw the growth of one character to essentially die to go back to a different character, and that happens all the time. But this specific part of the show was like. Ah, uh, come on, dude. Like, really? Like, uh, it, it is kind of a tearjerker, too, because you literally just lost some, like, he lost somebody that he kind of did care for, even though it was his sister regardless, but it's still, it's like, ah. Uh. <laughs> and then also the way how, like, how the, the series ends, because uh, there's been flashbacks showing that 
Sakuta like met somebody and essentially became his first love, which is Shoko. And Shoko out of nowhere like shows up out of nowhere. And it, like it kind of and Sakuta kind of reverts back to his old ways because of like her existence out of nowhere. And it just like it kind of turns everything into into up on its side. And it's crazy, man, because because of all that, it throws everything like out of proportion. And then essentially, essentially like the everything that like Sakuta has done for essentially just got like wiped out completely. And it's insane. But the thing is, it's like there's two versions of this girl. There's like the the high school version of her. And then there's the child version because the child version comes around. But he meets the high school version of her. And one of the actual like flashbacks. And it's like, what the hell is going on? But there is a reason behind why um why she's there and there's and they explain it more in the movie, which is Rascal Does Not Dr- Dream of a Dreaming Girl. So like essentially this is how most of it just stays here and it stays stagnant. But then once we get to the movie, the movie kind of concludes it. But I'm only gonna be talking about the series, not the movie. The movie, I might do the movie maybe on another episode, which would be, which would be pretty interesting because that the movie is really really good. But this is essentially like how the series ends out of nowhere. For the series ending, just like right here, kind of like on a, it's kind of a big plot twist essentially. It's not a bad show. Like I highly recommend this show to everybody to watch. Uh, watch um, Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai. It was a pretty good show for it coming out in 2019, or I mean in 2018. Like towards the end of 2018, it's a, it was a good it was a good series. I mean, it's there still has the the romance elements. It, it, there is kind of a harem there, randomly for the people that like it. But there's also like it's it's not a bad drama because it's it does deal with teenagers and stuff like that. Like, and I understand that, like a lot of people didn't didn't really like that specific element into the thing where it kind of makes it kind of like a psychological supernatural style things. But there are some real elements in here, and I highly highly recommend people watching this thing. And when it comes to this thing, I mean, Mai is like, Mai is the waifu in this entire freaking show. Futaba's best girl in the entire thing because like, yeah, who doesn't like a nerdy girl? But Mai in general for her sticking, sticking with Sakuta the entire time, you know, Sakuta is kind of a, kind of a dipshit, but he's also like suffering from his own adolescent syndrome that he hasn't really cured himself with because he's, he's helped cure everyone else but his own. But honestly, like this is one of those times when it's like, uh, my my could have done so much something different. But the fact that her sticking to Sakuta the entire time, it really left this show like a, with a really good impression, and I really enjoyed it because of that thing. And so, I would probably give Bunny Girl Senpai at least an eight out of ten because it's it's a fun show to watch. It's really good. It character development and and this show was pretty good. And you get a good feel of like how the series is. And if you guys do want to read it too, there's like 11 volumes of the light novel. And there's five volumes for like the, the, there's a separate manga that's done in there. And it's not a bad read. Like, honestly, you should definitely read it. Check it out. Watch it too. It's fun. It's a fun watch. Other than that though, I mean, I talked about Bunny Girl Senpai, some voice actors that passed away. And hopefully, hopefully though, I do have somebody with me for the next one. Because me talking to myself probably isn't very fun, but there's some people that do it all the time. I mean, I I can see why there's solo casts all the damn time. But other than that, though, you guys have yourself a nice, wonderful day. And hopefully you guys dream of your bunny girl senpai. <laughs> Bye.